When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. We are here with the Patriots post-game show here on CLNS Media. You're watching on Patriots Press Pass. Uh, by all means, if you uh, haven't already, please uh, uh, like this video. Well, you, you you got time to decide whether you like it or not. I'm sure whether we I'm sure whether we like it. Um, but subscribe, tell all your friends, Patriots coverage all year long. And we are riding this out, even though this team has fallen now, Taylor, to 1-5 and five with a 21-17, uh, you know, slop fest versus the Vegas Raiders, who are a terrible team, who lost their quarterback, you know, halfway through uh, and still managed to, you know, eke out a win against the Patriots, who for all of the talent deficiencies and I, I I'll t- I'm I'm curious what stands out to you but for every bit of you know all the talk we have about the talent and how they they seem to lack it and and I don't think anyone can disagree that there's not a lot of big play players here and they have to play nearly perfectly to be able to do stuff uh, what I'm consistently taken aback by is just how much this team just all also beats itself you can't have substandard talent and also do things like this team just did i mean at various stages in the game uh but i mean from the penalty to negate the zeke touchdown to mac jones pick in the red zone to basically to 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 pre-snap penalties on the first two to penalties on the first two plays of the game and then obviously what unfolded here at the end and that sequence is just sums up the entire patriots season there uh from how it went down from the drop you know i mean just absolutely brutal sequence there uh you know, a hold on a running play, a great throw to Parker with a drop, a delay a game penalty. First of all, and then and then and then taking a safety to end the game there. Just brutal execution throughout. Uh, and again, you are what your record says you are. The Patriots are one and five, and they're every bit as bad as that record right now. Yeah, just it came at you from all sides. Like Mac yeah. Jones made his absolutely bonehead penalty or mistake where you're thinking, all right, when people talk about Mac Jones is going to be replaced by Will Greer or somebody else, those are the plays where regardless of everything else that's working against him in terms of supporting cast, it's those plays where, hey, protection receivers are not forcing you to throw it to the other team. Like that's on you. So right. you had that. Like you said, you had the penalties. You get a big player race because – of Hunter Henry holding. You have Devontae Parker dropping a deep ball that could have put you in territory to take the game. Like, it's just every time they start to gain positive momentum, they undercut it with something ridiculous that they do to themselves. And it's annoying because they started to do things that I've been clamoring for. Like, I had in my uh, list of things I wanted to see. I wanted to see more gap runs. And what did you see the success when you see all the downhill stuff, the inside zone? You see pulling guards. The run game finds itself. You stop going with all the the stupid uh, tush-push quarterback sneaks and actually give Zeke Elliott opportunities to be a short yardage back like everybody expected, and he thrives in the role and they actually get some good plays in short yardage by going outside like they tried to do last week. Like You're seeing glimpses of this offense doing solid things and not wowing you necessarily, but at least you know putting plays together and not being inept. And then just constantly to get in your own way, and it's, it's, it's so damning for Bill O'Brien because one of the biggest things you thought from him was that he was going to give you schematic advantages and he was going to help you in terms of discipline. But the discipline hasn't been there on nearly a consistent enough basis. And then I feel like maybe this is in my head because JT O'Sullivan of the quarterback school, he does a fantastic job breaking this stuff down. I looked at Mac Jones's uh, Saints game from his Patreon and his breakdown. And he mentioned how the Patriots, we see how Mac is doing so much pre-snap, like he's resetting the mic, he's changing the play and everything, which you like because it's okay. The quarterback has opportunities to get into the right play, pre-snap and all these things. But even though Sullivan was saying, like, you're going so slow, like there's no tempo, you're slowing everything down, even when you get positive plays. And I feel like you saw it where there were a couple of times where Mac's going through so many things that the play clock is dwindling down, drives are taking forever. Like when we saw on the second to last possession, just such a slow drive to drain the clock like you're the team that's ahead 
And it's just, it's really, you have to start questioning at some point, how much is O'Brien helping them? Because in the summer we saw it, like everyone's singing his praises. He's building on things. The offense looks fine. And the offensive line hasn't helped him by any means, which I also think Adrian Clem deserves to kind of get some scrutiny after all this lack of success with the offensive line, rookies or not, just based on their discipline. But then the head guy who's supposed to change how your offense looks, it's just like the the discipline is just the fundamental thing they couldn't do wrong heading into the season that even he talked about during the summer and they're not getting it done. So on top of all the things where they can't execute in the way we expect, even more than that, it's every time they start to do something well, they undercut it by making their own mistakes. And again, I never know, Taylor, I agree. I never know how much – look, this was my contention before the season. I, I, I did not believe – like I thought we were putting – a little too much emphasis on the O'Brien effect. I think you couldn't have gotten worse than last year. And I thought that they would be functional this year, but I didn't believe he was going to come in and be able to take this group and take them to, you know, to, to new heights. As far as the priest, as far as the penalties go, um, I don't know how much of that is on him and the coaching and the lack of discipline, because normally these teams don't do that. Or what my belief is at least, Partly, uh, if not primarily, is uh, players who are overmatched or who are concerned they're going to get beat or things are going to happen or they know they're up against it or they know the other guys are better. The guy across from him is better than I am. Um, they get sped up. They make mistakes. They react. They do stupid things. They they get started a little bit early. They hold a little bit more. Like that's what you do when you think you can't win straight up. And I wonder how much of it is just simply them. Just look, a drop is a drop is a drop when it comes to someone like Parker. But I do wonder how much of the penalties and how much of the other stuff is just simply, I can't do it on my own. Like I'm I'm losing these battles, or I'm just worried that I'm going to whatever. So I have to. I'm just. I, I think that's part of it. I think they get sped up and they make mistakes because they know they're not as good. Um, so again, starts with the talent for me. I don't think the coaching's helping them out at all. I don't, I, you know, and, and you're right. It's just sloppy, undisciplined football that you're seeing all over the place. So it, it's nothing here resembles anything. Any Patriots fan has seen, even in the darkest times over the last, I mean, what's a dark time, not, you know, you know, 10 and six and barely missing the playoffs, 11 and five. I mean, this isn't even close, but just the style of play, it's just unrecognizable. Uh, you know, a- a- anything that we, that we've, that we've kind of grown accustomed to seeing from a Bill Belichick team so much. So it's almost boring to talk about it. Like it's so evident. It's so prevalent. It just keeps repeating itself. Nothing seems to get better. And then there's really nothing that like makes you think it might get better. That's the weird thing. Like, through the week, Taylor, we heard whispers in Foxborough. I don't know what you're hearing down there, but like things are going to be different. There's going to be some changes the way they do things. And yeah, you mentioned a little bit in terms of the run game and how they attacked and this and that. Anything look tremendously different from 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 perspective of what the Patriots were doing today? Not really. I would say nothing where it's not a trickle down effect of the injuries. Like you saw more Kendrick Bourne in this slot, which I've been begging for because he's their only veteran who's actually a yards after catch threat and makes any big plays for them. Like, obviously, I like Demario Douglas in that role as well. But at least make it Kendrick Bourne and Demario Douglas in the key role over Juju Smith-Schuster. So that was different. You know, you saw Jalen Rager and Tyquan Thornton outside, which, again, There's one side of that where you're down receivers, but also I think it was an indictment on the fact that Jalen Rager, I don't know what the snap counts looked like, but I saw him on the field a lot over Devontae Parker. And then Thornton, obviously, with you have Kendrick Bourne in the slot, Thornton kind of took his role outside as the Z. So, I mean, other than that, I didn't see anything crazy. Like we saw the Malik Cunningham packages every once in a while. He got the Zeke touchdown, but that didn't really have anything to do with Malik. And then you actually have the one play where Malik reads it wrong, doesn't end the ball off, and it's blown up. It's like – you get excited about guys like Thornton and guys like Malik Cunningham. And, you know, I wanted to – I put it out there on the website, like putting all the plays in perspective where they had success in the preseason. But at the same time, these were guys making their season debuts, Cunningham making his career debut. So it's not like you – it was fair to necessarily expect him to have a great impact, but you also see, like, that's what happens when you put a rookie in these positions. There's going to be mistakes. And with this offense, I know you hit a point where it's like, well, what do you have to lose – but then you look at this game where they actually had a chance late. And you're like, well, how many of those negative plays that we had? And, you know, like there was the one, it looked like an RPO or something. They got completely blown up. They put them behind on a first down. It's like even the things that were kind of different 
I'm not even sure that those necessarily helped you. And that's part of the trial and error. But trial and error is not really a thing you could do with this team because they don't win consistently and they hurt themselves. That's what I mean. So, is it, it was almost like a half-ass half measure. Like the this a, a very unorthodox move before the game to bring in, you know, Cunningham who – and the Cunningham situation was interesting. He gets signed – to the 53-man roster, which means he can be activated on a game day and you can have an emergency quarterback or he can be it or someone else can be it. And that's one of the things about your emergency quarterback has to be one of your 53. And he's signed and he's signed for a real deal and he's added to the 53-man roster. So you think, okay, you know, they might play him in addition to Zappi and uh, and Mac and put him in a gadget Taysom Hill sort of role where they've got to play a package of five to 10 snaps, which I thought we were going to see a package. You get two pathetic one in the first half where all he comes in an RPO and just hands it off to Ramondre for nothing. And then the other one where he reads it completely wrong and gets blown up. That was it. That this is what the plan was. This was your backup quarterback and you brought him in for that. You, those are the two plays that you had and that's what you got out of it. It's, that's pathetic to me. Like, what do you, why do that? Why even bother? I mean, it's an afterthought, and it's not the most significant thing in the game, but it's like, if you're going to try something different, try something different. Like, this is just dipping one toe in the water. I mean, it was, I, I don't understand what, I don't understand what they were doing there. And then after Mac Jones' interception, did you notice for a long time, like basically up until kind of the end of the game at the end of the fourth quarter, they were only letting Mac Jones throw quick outbreaking routes. Yep. Like they showed, they were like, nope, all right, that leash went from like short to you're not getting any leeway at all. Like they were just like, get the ball out, let guys make plays, because it showed they clearly don't trust him. And again, they gave him the opportunity later in the game once they really just had to win it. He almost got intercepted on the throw to uh, Ty Montgomery where it was behind him. It's like even though the stat sheet isn't going to show it, Mac actually might have had – and just based on live viewing, he did have a worse game than what the stat sheet tells you because there were game, there were plays that the Raiders just didn't capitalize on or some throws that just looked worse than, you know, you could possibly know just by looking at raw stats. It's terrible throws. It's bad you know, all over. Get, get, you know, and, and there's and there's and there's plays all over the place. Gisecki bails him out on an incredible underthrow uh, yeah. there down the field when they got into a, and that was before that was a couple of plays before he threw that brutal interception. I mean, brutal interception overthrowing a wide open Hunter Henry uh, in there as well. Had a horrible throw. The drive two drives before that to Parker or Parker ran a bad route. Romo seemed to think I wasn't entirely sure what happened there. The whole thing was slow and he threw it behind him, but that was also uh, very goofy. And as you mentioned down the stretch there, they scored that touchdown, but I mean, he threw what should have been a pick six um, and a game ending pick six, possibly job losing pick six um, in, in that case. And um, they got away with it. And then when they would have not put a touchdown on the board, just senselessly, Crosby just hits him from behind long after the play was over and gives the Patriots new life there. And they're able to get a touchdown on the board. They catch two tremendous breaks there to be able to score that seven. So you're right. Again, the stats are going to show that they led, you know, he led them to two touchdown drives. But that second one honestly had no business of ending up in the way that it did. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was not a good game again by Mac, but. What, when you, if if there was ever any question whether Mac would get pulled in a game, when you make Malik Cunningham your second QB, the the you're basically saying we're riding Mac the whole way here. That almost that almost gave Mac job security rather mm -hmm. than uh, put any pressure on him by bringing Cunningham. I really don't understand the move at all. I don't understand the move at all. I, I know they're not high on Zappy, and I know people out there who are like, just give it to Zappy. I don't think there's really any point there. You don't learn anything about yourself or gain anything by benching Mac for Zappy. I, I, Zappy's not a guy that they are, you know, betting their future on. So why bother giving him snaps? You're just going to ride Mac out to see if he can figure it out or get better or not. But like, there's nothing behind him right now. So I, I don't understand it. But I didn't understand the Malik move at all. But and with Malik, I also. There were rumblings that, like, he with when he was QB2, I figured, okay, maybe they actually do trust him despite the fact at quarterback, despite the fact he's most been training at receiver. Because Belichick even mentioned that Will Greer's having a hard time getting quality reps, so there's no way they have a whole lot of those from Malik Cunningham. 
So now we saw the fact that they wouldn't even put him in after Mac makes the kind of mistake where if he's on a short leash, that's what gets you pulled. So as I thought, it seems like Cunningham isn't a realistic option to play consistently a quarterback for this team anytime soon. So it's again, you're stuck because you have no real options where you're going to put out Will Greer. I mean, I mean, he still is like he was on a practice squad and was signed for a reason. Like Will Greer is not necessarily the answer either. Maybe he turns the ball over less, but that's not even a guarantee. And he has less chemistry with the receivers than Mac. So yeah. truly, it's just it stinks because you don't have any good options. You just have to stick with this broken version of Mac Jones, who I mean, I'm sure he's trying his best. But like he mentioned, he wants to be a better communicator and talk to guys on the sidelines. And Phil Perry mentioned that he was doing that. But then, like, when you throw the interception that he threw, how do you look somebody in the face and say, run this route better or block better? Like, I understand you're a quarterback. It's your job to still get people in line. But at what point when you're one in five, do guys just say, like, no, F you. Like, don't get in my face. Don't you dare tell me what I need to do when you're not doing your job right. Like, he doesn't even have a leg to stand on. And that's what really scares you is – this offense, if you have a leader who's also putting you in holes, how long do guys have that buy-in when you're losing? And this was one of the only games in the upcoming slate where it looked like they had a legitimate chance to win. Now you play the Bills. Now you go to Miami, which has been a house of horrors for them since Brady was here. And it's like, well, where's the silver lining now? Because it looks like you're about to go one in seven. And yeah. I, I, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a really tough position they put themselves in. And I feel like... It wasn't the embarrassing loss, I thought, where like if they got blown out again, that's one of the that would have been a situation where I'm like, all right, now you have to have really, really hard questions or conversations about Bill. I still think he's probably not going to be here next year, especially after this. But I don't think this was a bad enough loss. We were saying like he's got to go. It's just like, damn, this this is really bad. And let's see if they've even got any fight left against this uh against uh, a couple of tough division rivals. Jeez. Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. And it, what's funny is, like, we go back and forth. I, You know, you, you got to kind of play both sides on this. I think when people make – in the past, when people would make excuses for Mac, um, I think, you know, I'd always kind of push back and say, you, you got to look at him too. In, in this case, I, I, I really do think you have to look at the whole thing. I, I think no matter what, if you start, if we start saying offensive line this, receivers that, then everyone will be like, oh, you're trying to let uh, Mac off the hook. And I just don't think that's the case. I just think that they're that bad, like everywhere. I mean, they're so bad everywhere um, that there's just no hope here. Uh, I mean, there's really – the offensive line, I mean, look at what they started. And on when it was just not really able to go yet here. But I mean, Mafi, City, Sow, Low. I mean, oh my goodness, Taylor. Like, that is horrible. It's horrible. So you have no, what bugs me here is you have no choice. You're just hurt on the offensive line. You didn't address it. You didn't get tackle depth. You don't have any, you know, you didn't get you don't have health among your two starting guards so you're inconsistent all the way there you've got Trent Brown and David Andrews is the only thing that resembles a starting offensive lineman in the NFL right now and everything else is well below replacement level well below replacement level okay they can't do anything about that you can though however start to do something about your receivers and maybe start to say I'm t- I'm not looking at Devontae Parker anymore. I'm going to see if someone else can come in here, and I'm going to give those reps to someone else. I'm going to put Butte back in the lineup. Are we expecting a sixth-rounder to save us? No. But at least take a look because you are pretty sure at this point those guys aren't here to save you. We know about Parker's separation issues. I'm not going to make him the scapegoat here. But then he has that brutal drop there. Whatever. Like – just it's it's one of those moments where you have to ask like Devonta. it's like what i've been saying with juju recently where it's like hey man i'm not trying to be a jerk but like what do you do here genuinely if you're not like with juju it's like if you're not blocking you're not making the tough Same catches and with you're not detailed, what do you, what you do, do, you do here what's your job Kisicki, i feel like is more i feel like he's being asked to do things he's not good at and doesn't get enough opportunities to do what he is good at like i don't like blaming gasicki he's just a weird situation where they're not using him correctly Devontae parker it's like all right yeah we all know you can't get separation whatever but if you win outside and you stretch the field and you get those big perimeter plays that's why you're on the roster but now we're at the point where like he's not his chemistry with mac jones whether it's chemistry or whether he's just straight up 
up and not winning. Like, you know, it's kind of hard to tell with the details of how they're working on things. But whatever it is, Devontae Parker on the outside is your guy who stretches the defense, is not working. That was a core piece of your offense. That extension for him now looks really bad after I actually liked it because, again, he was one of the only consistent big play threats they had over the summer. And you saw it like every day at practice. It's Mac Jones and Devontae Parker on some bomb. A lot of them were against Christian Gonzalez. And there was the conversations about, well, can Christian Gonzalez compete against receivers like Devontae Parker, who were kind of like also a Hopkins where you don't separate a ton, but you win at the catch point. And like now it's now I'm asking the question where like Parker, I've been trying to cut you some slack. He's got some good outbreaking routes, but like now you're not doing the main thing this offense asks you to do in terms of like being a big play reliable veteran. So that's a huge loss. And I agree at some point you have to start putting in Rager, you put in booty and you're just like, Hey, all right, at least they were starting to get them reps and getting them along and seeing what we have because Parker's not giving you anything. And I don't know what you even do with him after this season. Cause there was the shell of Devontae Parker we had seen with the Patriots where, you know, he's not quite as explosive as he was, but he's still taking the top off enough and he's still competitive. Now it's a true shell where you're not doing much of anything. And it's you have to start looking at something else. And I think they did because a lot of the game, it was Jalen Rager outside. Yeah, what they did is they signed him to a freaking extension, Taylor. And so uh, instead of – and again, I'm not saying, you know, DeAndre Hopkins would have saved the Patriots, but like mm-hmm. – I just don't understand the thinking behind, you know, not only running it back, but doubling down in this particular case uh, with this. And I, I, you know, I don't see it at all. And again, I would just, you hope when DeMario, this is my hope when, when DeMario Douglas is healthy, you're seeing just Bourne and Douglas and Thornton on the outside and roster Butte. And let's see if those guys can create some separation and give you a little bit of juice in the game. Cause you've got, no juice right now. No juice. Juju can't run anymore, even though he sat with the concussion here. He's not right. Whatever's going on with his knee and Parker can't do anything for you at this point. So I think you have to at least try, but it's not Bill's style. Bill likes to go with old reliable rather than, uh, you know, unknown. The problem is, is old reliable's not reliable. That's what I don't understand what's going on right now. Yeah, and Bill doing Bill is about to get Bill out of a job. Like It is what it is at this point. I, It's so frustrating because there are so many things that Bill Belichick does well that he won't get credit for and that we never see. So I don't think it's ever smart to just point being like, Bill Belichick, like you need to get out of here, all these things. But it, the, the fact of the matter is there's just – especially Bill the GM. And then you look at the coach where this has been an undisciplined team for a while. And it's been a team that hasn't – on defense, I think – it's just like a totally different unit because they're like gutting it out every single week. But offensively, just year after year, it's been teams that just aren't competitive at the end of games and can't close things out when given opportunities. And I just I don't know how much more Robert Kraft can take when you're the guy in charge. And this is a consistent product on the field. You can't keep blaming coaches or assistant coaches because, sure, if they're the problem, you're still the one hiring them. Like it all he always says, it all comes back to Bill. So. Maybe he's got to get out of his ways and just look at the season from a very different perspective of setting this team up for the next uh, section, because this has just been absolutely brutal. Um, all right. Maybe want to take a break. We want to throw I'm it to here. A, I'm still here. Okay. Would do we want to throw to a sponsor or something? Maybe so I can take a breath. Yeah, you can take a <laughs> breath here. We'll- Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel. Official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Other thing we want to tell you about is our friends over at Odds Are. They are not a sports book, but man, 
Do they help you bet smart? Ever wish you could navigate the betting field with the confidence of a pro? Enter odds are not a sports book. They are the sports advisor you've always needed. They don't take your bet. They make you better at it using AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets. It's like having a playbook for smarter bets right in your uh, pockets. All you have to do is go here to odds are dot com slash press pass you got to download the app make sure you download the app odds are.com slash press pass download it and you get a 30 day free trial so go ahead and check that out jets baby get out of here good for them man jets good for them patriots all alone very very lonely at the bottom right now very lonely at the bottom. And that's where we're at right now. It's, 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 it's genuinely jarring that the, the Jets are out here beating the Eagles and the Patriots can't beat either one of their former backup quarterbacks. There is a single winless coach. team, and that is Carolina, and I might remain that way. I don't think Carolina's taking a quarterback. I think right now you've got <laughs> – this is such a funny thing, too. If the, if the standings end up the way they end up right now – and you've also got problems, too, because you have the Bears with Houston. There's a whole bunch of things going on. But yeah. look at the standings here. Carolina, 0-6. Denver, Arizona, Patriots, and Bears at 1-5. Giants will be 1-5 one, one in short order as well. The Giants just signed Daniel Jones to an extension they're going to regret. The Bears are in, you know, uh, in here with Justin Fields trying to figure out if he can play quarterback or not. Cardinals have a massive extension for Kyler Murray, who might not even play this year. Uh, Broncos, their extension with Wilson doesn't kick in until next year. They will certainly be looking for another quarterback. He will be cut, and they're going to eat $85 million in dead cap next year to not have him be on the team anymore because if he makes that 24 team um, – I think it's after day three of the league year. It guarantees his 25 salary. So they're gone. And the Panthers just drafted their franchise quarterback. It's going to be extremely interesting to see what happens here because the Patriots are now in the mix at the bottom. They are officially, whether you want to talk about it or not, whether you believe it's a reality or not, they're in the Caleb sweepstakes right now. Uh, or they're in the sweepstakes for another quarterback. They certainly are. This team is uh, bottom five potential. They do get a respite after these two games and a series of winnable games. I'm curious what kind of team emerges from the next two games with the Bills and the Dolphins, particularly if they are one and seven, whether there's wholesale changes, whether there's anything we see or they just keep slugging it out. But there are winnable games still on this schedule. So the Patriots can dig themselves out. Question is, do you and again, what are we looking at? Commanders, Colts, Giants. Obviously, the Chargers are, you know. Not world beaters either, but, you know, a team you'd consider better. Then it's the Steelers. They've also got the Broncos. They've got another date with the Jets. They could squeak out five, six, seven wins here. They could. Do you want them yeah, to? Yeah, they, they could. <laughs> they Will they and should they? Are Do you the want them to? Question. Everyone now is going to be screaming for tanking. They're not going to tank tank. They may just lose because they're bad. But there's nothing to tank two or four it's not like play the kid you know like you don't have another you're just gonna kind of go with it i don't know where you go here like i really don't know what they do they keep trying to win i guess but what happens if they do come out of this one and seven like what are we doing here it's so hard because if this were later in the season like if they were 500 going into the bye week and then they fell off you fight for pride at least. It's like you get the shell shock. You've like losing a couple games and you're just like, hey, we want to finish the season knowing we can go into next season with something. This is so, so early for your entire offensive season to feel like a lost cause. And it's not like this is a rebuilding team right now with the new coach where it's like, hey, things are going to be tough, but we believe in what we're doing right now. And we're trying to pick ourselves up. So again, we can be a prideful team next year and have something to build on. This is a team where it seems like a lot of people are going to be out of a door. You have to wonder when people are going to, if uh, players are going to continue to buy in and buying is such an intangible thing. And it's hard to know as an outsider, whether or not that's a thing, but even Gerard may acknowledge last week that, yeah, that happens. I'm not, I'd lie to you if I said that, you know, defenders don't get pissed off when they are on the field for 40 minutes yeah. of a football the, game. The defensive coach is saying that, you and, know, like, and it's not like the defense, the defense bent, it didn't break, but you know, there were also some plays you look at on defense where you're like, all right, you know, the Raiders, had their wins and it's football. It's the NFL. 
you know, other teams are going to get theirs, but the defense wasn't perfect either. But still, it's a game where you're saying, hey, well, I, you know, we held this team to a pretty respectful amount of points, and you just couldn't put more than two touchdowns on the board, which honestly, for the Patriots offense, saying they put two touchdowns on the board, I feel like I'm stepping outside of myself by acting like that's not a huge accomplishment, because it is. That's huge. They did it. They scored a touchdown for the first time in like three weeks. Um, but it's just, it's, it, it's a really tough situation, and I, I do not know how players are going to respond when you are putting your body on the line for a lost cause in an organization that's about to have a lot of change. I just – I don't know. I agree. I don't know where you go from here because Bill Belichick is going to preach pride and, you know, all these things to try to keep them motivated. But, like, who's going to want to listen at some point when they're, yeah. you know, when they're already 10 games in the gutter? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And somebody, I think somebody was talking about, we mentioned Butte earlier today, and I, I can't stress enough that my my belief or hope that someone like Keyshawn Butte is going to be even a viable NFL caliber receiver is very low. I'm just saying it can't hurt um, to see. Who knows? Who knows, right? But um, I, there was a there was a social media post I believe he put out on his Instagram something to the uh, effect of free me or something. Um, so yeah. um, you know that chirping's not going to get you very far in New England. So it's, it's not uh, a smart thing to do for an for a rookie who was picked in the yeah. The so I got to I got to see if that's verified or not. But that's what people were talking about in the chat. I think that might be what people were referring to here. So. Um, I don't know. I do. We have to keep doing these shows, do you guys? Do you want us to keep doing these shows? I don't know. Hey, what keep do. hate watching. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we should definitely keep as doing. As long as you don't hate us, we're not. Don't you know? We didn't do anything, did we? <laughs> um, we're we're going through it just like everybody else. But at this point, it's not even shocking anymore. Like Dallas and New Orleans. Like Dallas was pretty disappointing. Like that was the real. Like holy crap, what's going on? The Saints was more like this is just so boring and I don't I don't even want to be watching this. And of course they lost in embarrassing fashion. This one is just it's a bad team. Like what are you gonna do about it? It's, you can only be disappointed so many times when the team shows you who they are. Um Yeah. It's just gonna f- be interesting to see how many different ways we can talk about uh, you know, to put it bluntly, just the ineptitude on this offense to constantly get in their own way. And even the good is so contained and so brief. It's, I don't, but I don't it's know. Also, I'm not saying anything you all want to right now. I know, but the worst part about it is like, you know, I, as someone who's, you know, spent his life in Boston and watched different iterations of different teams, you know, I'll, I'll date myself and I'll go back to uh, Bledsoe's rookie year. Oh my God, what a five win season that was. You know why? Because it was, oh, Oh, we've got a real one. We got an actual quarterback here. This isn't Scott Seacules or Tommy Hodson or Hugh Millen. This is a real guy. Like this could be real. This could be a top five quarterback in the NFL. This is so exciting. And so when they won a couple of games down the stretch, it was like, I can't wait till next year. You watch the games to see the growth, to see potential. We've seen tanking Celtics teams. We've seen young Celtics teams uh, in, in this sort of vein too. play the kids, play the kids. You want to see what they have. Want to see if they can block them into something those you can get down with that type what the f do you want to see here who do you want to see play who do you want to see get opportunities who are you excited about you know and like wh- there's nothing to yeah. watch for pop sure that's it there's so- <laughs> next to nothing like if you right now were like the lions a year or two ago you know whatever there's nothing there's nothing to watch for there's no ascending players. The the thing that gets me about this team, Taylor, is the future is more bleak than the present. And the present is brutal. The only thing you can say is they've got cap space and they're going to have a hell of a high draft pick next year. So you're going to hope that they do something with those things. But right now, there is the cupboard is absolutely bare. There is nothing here uh, for, to, 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 to get behind. Nothing. And I'm not saying there isn't a competent football player or two. That's not fair. There's some good players on the defensive side of the ball. Christian Gonzalez was an ascending star right out of the gate, three, four games into his career. Really shame to see him go down. You could have been excited about a couple of pieces in place. But, I mean, look, 
offense sells tickets, and we're we're talking about the offensive side of the ball here. I, you could you could get rid of every single player on this team right now, and I don't think anybody would bat an eye. And, and that's the problem is there's no there's no keepers here. Yeah, clean clear the decks. You know, g- g- give me all give me an here's all here's all my cards. I want an entirely new new hand. You know, that's it. Yeah. And again, I can I can get down with a guy like, but I mean. What are you going to do here? You're going to enter year three with Tyquan Thornton, Taylor, with no clue if he can play football? Play the guy 40, 50 snaps a game and figure it out? Like, what is the point? Why are you going to waste another year of knowing whether or not you have something in someone? When I say play these guys, it's to make some determinations. You know what you have in Parker and Juju. At this point, recognize that, like, if we're going to build forward, i got to figure out who I'm taking with me, okay? Mm -hmm. The rest of the season is an audition to not get fired, you know, for every single player on this team. That's what it has to be. Is certainly if you come out of this one and seven at this point. So let's let's get moving on that. You know, the sooner the better. And I think then fans would get behind it a little bit more because you'd be able to get to see some stuff. You can take the losses, but do I want to watch Parker and Juju and those guys just not getting open for, you know, eight more weeks, nine more weeks? No, you don't want to see that, you know? And the so, really brutal part is they don't even have a bye week for five weeks. Like usually yeah. the bye week is where you sit down and you're like, all right, here are the big changes we're going to make. Like if this were kind of creeping up right before the bye, it would be a little different because you say, okay, the season is this way. We're going to make this change. It again is so early in the season that it's, you have to wonder, okay, are they really trying to be competitive? When are they going to embrace the suck and just be like, Hey, we're realistically, this is a year where, like you said, we need to see what we have on the roster and stop putting these guys out here who are not only disappointing us, but not doing anything for the team long-term because the past, I'd say two or three seasons have been like ever since Mac Jones's rookie year, it's just been regression after regression Find something positive to work towards. And like they said in the chat, give the fans something to watch for. At the end of the day, this is entertainment. If you're going to suck, be entertaining at the very least. Like that is the all you can ask for. This is entertainment. And and I I keep joking about it. I forget sometimes that football is supposed to be something that's fun and enjoyable and not something that just – makes you frustrated and you wonder why you even watch the sport. So I agree, man. It's it's a weird part in the season and I have no idea how they're going to respond, but they need to start truly seeing what young talent they have and what they can do with some opportunities. If it looks ugly, it already looks ugly. So That's the thing. How much uglier can it get? You know, right. that's the whole point is at some point try something different. Bill so I do think, you know, uh hold on one second. Uh, doesn't matter. Mac just keeps lying. <laughs> Mac just keeps on lying. Yeah. Uh, what was this? Remember he when Sailor straight faced the Pats? I mean, I'll put it this way. I'll I say this. For Mac that. having been talked about as a guy who's a bit whiny uh, and, you know, maybe throwing some people under the bus or this or that, I, I think a lot of times he eats it too. Um, and I think, you know, he's eating it again here. And he kind of has to, but you can throw people on the bus and suddenly he has at times. uh, And I don't love when he does that because I think he's also partially to blame, but as frustrated as I'd be with Mac, if I were certain players on the team, Mac also has a right to be frustrated with a lot of what's going on around him as well, too. So, I mean, as you said, the buy-in, there's the trust is, am I being put in a position to succeed? Is anything that we're doing right now going to work? Are these guys going to be able to run the play you called for them? Like, is this even the right thing that we're doing here? I cannot, am I going to die if I drop back on a five-step drop to, to, to try to find somebody downfield? Like I can't do it. And that's what makes it so hard to like really put blame on Mac because like, he does deserve it because he's making mistakes that you wouldn't expect high school quarterbacks to make. Like he's, he's regressed in some really jarring ways where it's like, you can, you know, it's not fair this position they're putting you in, but you have also not responded well in the face of adversity. But again, this is a quarterback who we knew coming into the league needed support and has not gotten it in any capacity. Have the Patriots tried? Sure. In their own way, but it hasn't worked. And that's the reason why when I look at this team, I think when it comes to the front office and how they build the team and offense, I think the defense is fine. I hope there's some arrangement where they can keep the defensive staff because I think they do a tremendous job. But when it comes to the offense and the way that they build on offense, they need sweeping changes. Like one thing, I'll just put this out there. 
I'm just obsessed with Ben Johnson right now. I feel like the toughness that the Lions have on offense, I think what they try to do conceptually is what the Patriots want to be. But I also think that Ben Johnson is enough ahead of the curve, especially in his rushing attack, where I feel like the best offenses can have a run game that just forces you to keep your eye discipline in check. And then you can capitalize on that by staying in structure and just having a lot of things to throw at teams. I feel like Ben Johnson is someone this offense needs who can really get them back to being a team that can out-physical you and do all these positive things in the past game while also bringing something fresh. And then just in terms of the people they bring on board offensively, like it's just whatever their strategy has been. I was all like in Bill we trust for a while. This year was my breaking point of last year you made some clearly horrible mistakes personnel-wise on the coaching staff that screwed the team That was where I started to pull back. And this year, it's like, all right, you got your guy in Bill O'Brien. You have some veterans where you know what they are in the league. Let's see what happens. But you bring in Juju, who if you have a medical staff and they see how affected he was by his knee injury that uh, hurt him last year when he was with the Chiefs, you should have known that he was sapped and not gone after him. But you did. And you put yourself in a bad position and thrust somebody else in a role that they wouldn't be able to. Uh, rise to the occasion for uh, the way that you needed for that slot role. It's so integral for the team on top of a million other things. Like literally I could just talk myself into a circle with all the bad decisions bills made in two years that just make all the other times you kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt, the years where Brady left before that, it just compounds them and makes them look so much worse because there was never any turnaround. So I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I'm just I'm venting at this point. I know because- it's, it, there's a bit of frustration because some stuff seems avoidable, some stuff feels self-inflicted, some just feel stubborn, and that's what's kind of frustrating yeah. right now. Yes. It's like yes. you see it. Like why why aren't why aren't you fixing it? Like what's going on? What are we not doing here? Uh, and so again, I, I've said this a million times before, and I kind of ranted a little bit about this. It's what I do sometimes. I get emotional and I rant. Um, and I do believe this is a good uh, comment here. And I, this is my philosophy, too, that both things are true. Mac might not be the guy or not be able to do it or certainly not be able to do it on his own. But he has no help. A hundred percent with that. But what frustrates me here, and I think where fans start to get angry or emotional with this stuff, it's not spoiled. Yes, Patriots fans, of course, are a tad spoiled. You're used to, you know, there's this a standard. If you're yeah. someone, you know, 30 years old or or, or or younger, you've only known one thing, you know? So, um, and that's, you know, winning. I mean, that's that's basically, I mean, for 20 years, the Patriots play, basically played one game a season. It was the AFC title game. That's the only game that mattered all year. Um, so this is weird, but it's not a spoiled thing. It's that I've always said this as a fan, uh, fans are, fa- this team belongs to the fans. The people who uh, manage it are the stewards. They're, 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 they're managing your property. Okay. And I know Belichick's been here for a long time, but when you see it mismanaged, when you see stuff happen and it affects, like I said, you spend a lot of time, probably money following this thing, probably an inordinate amount of time and money uh, and care and anxiety. And, you know, who knows, you know, blood pressure medication, um, you know, keeping up with sports here and to watch it go this badly is really, really frustrating. So I get where it's coming from, but you just want to see that like they recognize it and they're trying to fix it too. And right now, nothing looks like that's happening. You know, it's just, it's a lot of status quo, a lot of like, let's, 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 you know, let's, let's, let's patch up these big gaping wounds with just a little bit of gauze and just, you know, hope that we can, you know, stem it for a little bit longer and stop the bleeding. And there's nothing here. There's nothing creative. There's nothing revolutionary. There's nothing forward looking. Uh, And you saw it. I mean, it happened this week, Taylor knives out. A lot of reporters kind of came out with a lot of stuff and it feels like there's a little bit of talking coming from inside the walls about people not really sure what's going on here. And you heard, uh, you know, lots of different things with just displeasure last year and what, you know, you know, Bill did for Mac and how he didn't really help him at all, how the Patriots don't rely on analytics in the least when it comes to making their personnel decisions and they're kind of set which in their ways. Unacceptable. unacceptable. Which is unacceptable. I mean, anybody anybody can go on to next gen and find valuable information on, on players in terms of things like separation stats and the Patriots totally ignore it. <laughs> things like that are very odd. <clears throat> so for someone to just be stubborn, and I know a lot of people throw around the word hubris. But to be stubborn and to be stuck and to just to continue to insist, you know, that we got it, we'll figure it out because we always do. But you're not. You're currently not. And that's that's what's driving people nuts right now is 
when are you going to recognize it doesn't work? Like that's part of the problem is it's not only not working. It, it appears to be that they don't think what they're doing is the thing that's not working. It just happens to not be working as if this wasn't something born from every single decision that's been made by the top guy for the last four years. This is where we're at with this team right now. So it's tough. We can keep ranting, but as you said, it just gets tired. Um, we're going to quickly give you uh, one more plug here for another sponsor, and that is Factor Meals. We're busy. I'm busy. Taylor's busy. He doesn't have time to cook. Um, he doesn't. Poor guy. What, the the, the shit I make him do? Forget about <laughs> it. Okay? So It's a lot to keep up with how bad this team is. It's a lot, <laughs> it's of, a lot of work to keep up with how bad it is. But uh, Factor Meals is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And what it is is it's not frozen food. It's fresh food delivered to your door. All you have to do is heat it and eat it. You don't have to waste any time at the grocery store. You don't have to waste any prep time. You don't have to waste any time cooking. Just let Factor Meals do the work for you. You get a lot of cool stuff with fresh autumn flavors here. Uh, you can get uh, chicken and apple Dijon pork chops cranberry pecan chicken uh there are some cool pumpkin sort of desserts in here uh that are pretty neat uh as well so you can definitely check it out you can get healthy meals you can get protein plus meals with 30 plus grams of protein in them uh 45 plus add-ons to suit your preferences and tastes so again head to factormeals.com slash press pass 50 use that code press pass 50 check it out it's a pretty good deal uh, they also got shakes too for people who like that kind of on the go factormeals.com slash press pass 50 use the code press pass 50 50 off once again uh factormeals.com slash press pass 50 press pass 50 for 50 percent off uh, any other things you want to talk about in terms of this team here um and again i don't know if you can put anything sunny on it it felt like you know if they weren't doing something wrong, they were getting injured today. It was just one of those days. There's going to be a body count at the end of this one. Uh, a lot of people left the field here. Keon White. I know Ramondre got banged up for a bit, but came back. John Jones uh, went down. He did not come back. Yeah, no, I don't think he did. Um, so definitely some things. Uh, David Andrews also got dinged up a little bit here. So we'll see. That injury report could be pretty robust, uh, and they really can't. Again. <laughs> they really, I mean, again, it's not doing them any luck either. Could this team have been more competitive or won a game like this with Judon and Christian Gonzalez? Absolutely, they could. You know, that stuff matters a lot. Um, so they're 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 hemorrhaging uh, bodies right now, and they really can't afford to lose anybody else. But uh, anything stand out to you that we haven't really hit on here? You know, we mentioned Malik not really doing anything. Tyquan Thornton. One reception, six yards. That's all he was used for. Didn't get very many snaps. One balloon ball Mac threw down the sideline on an attempted deep throw that I think he had a couple steps if uh, if Mac was a different human um, that, you know, might have been able to put a throw that Thornton could have been competitive on. But instead, he you know, he arm punted it um, and uh, that didn't really come close. So I don't know. What do you think? I'm just going to try to end with some positives. Kendrick Bourne was the lifeblood of the passing game. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson looked good in the ground game when they had, you know, good calls. And then defensively, Jabril Peppers, Jelani Tavai had one, you know, bad penalty. But, I mean, he was fired up and he was trying to make a play. So I don't totally hate it, to be honest. Um, and Christian Barmore uh, and, Jala and Juwan Bentley, those guys really had good days. Uh, J.C. Jackson, for the most part, he had that bad holding penalty but he was pretty sticky for the day. So realistically, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't, it, it wasn't all bad. There were some players who put forth really good efforts. And I think in games like this and seasons like this, it's, it's unfair not to point out the guys who are trying and who are putting something on the field uh, to keep you in the game. So yeah, I want to shout out those guys. Thank you for providing some entertainment today. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, this is uh, this this team is just really tough to watch, and you got to take the good where you can get it. We'll see what happens. It got, I mean, a couple really tough games coming up, <laughs> so I don't know. What I, get we're gonna do. I get I get chills. So we'll see what happens. Um, we'll be covering those games as well. Uh, is it Buffalo at home? Buffalo at home, then Miami, and on the then road. Uh, and then Taylor will be off to Miami. Uh, with Amit, his his road buddy, uh, covering that game there and what might be the unofficial end of the Patriots season there in week eight uh, already, but we'll see where we're at with that. So, um, again, thank you guys for watching. We do appreciate it. It is a little bit of a therapy session, obviously, after these games. Um, so we appreciate you guys hanging out. Um, 
Yeah, Ahmed says you're not even going to go to the game. You guys are just going to the beach. That's fine. I think we're just going to get our Ken on our our, our job is beach. <laughs> I was I had a peaceful weekend, Taylor. I was in Vermont, just chilling, looking at that foliage. It's very lovely, and then I just came home for this. Uh, and uh, you know, I didn't I didn't want to get worked up today. I was in such a th- we love you too, Mike. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Or maybe he just loves you and Amit, and he's telling you to stay safe in Miami. But that's fine. I don't care who you love. As long as there's love, there's love going both ways, and that we feel good about. Um, but uh, but yeah, thanks guys again for hanging out, uh, and uh, we'll you know have more stuff tomorrow, Taylor. I think we'll have uh, more reaction to what he saw. And again, when you dig deep, you might see something else, something better than what we thought we saw. Maybe there was a little bit more functionality to the offense. Uh, and again. You know, we joke about it. Two touchdown drives could have easily been one and another one ending in a pick six, but it was still two touchdown drives. That's sadly progress. So uh, we'll see whether anything is real, whether anything from this can stick going forward. Um, but I don't know. Just Yeah, and I'm afraid this is it. Uh, this might summarize it all. It's just not a good team. Um, yeah. And that's that. Solid defense, horrible offense, and that just it doesn't equal a good team. And this guy, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. fair. I blame myself. I ever since I joined the beat, they started being bad. It wasn't last season. I'll ask you this question. I'll, I'll leave you with this. If Brian Hoyer were here right now, would he be the starting quarterback? Maybe. Yeah. It's possible, maybe. right? Honestly, yeah. No, I he's got starting experience. So yeah, maybe, to be totally honest with you. It's so sad. It's so, so sad. Anyway, we're done, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, check in with Taylor. Uh, check in to CLNSmedia.com. He's going to have a full breakdown uh, looking at some of the game, looking back at some of the plays, uh, and analyze it best in the business. So you definitely want to check that out. Follow him on Twitter uh, for more post-game recap sort of uh, material. And then uh, look for Patriots Daily, possibly tomorrow, with a little bit more, maybe less rage, more analysis. We'll get into that, okay? Um, also, I forgot to tell you guys, Pat, there's another Patriots postgame podcast. Pat's Nation podcast is going to be coming up uh, with Pat and Matt, the guys from Pat's Pulpit, uh, at halftime of the Bills game. So if you guys want to jump back on uh, with those guys, make sure you check it out. Uh, Pat and Matt, Pat's Nation podcast, halftime of the Bills-Giants game. They're going to kind of you know, take another crack at this, see if they saw something uh, we didn't see or have some fresh perspective on it. Those guys are great. You definitely want to make sure you catch that. But thank you guys for hanging out. 